Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's James Katulis. That's Travis Beard. I'm John Hogue, and this is Super Flexible. Recording is a world burns from the smoke and trade deadline hot stove and the sizzling news of injuries in a major suspension. We're talking about all the movement as a fantasy world turns, plus trade reflections, super streakers, your nuts, and would you rather on two controversial quarterbacks. So let us start there. Travis, you've got a couple quarterbacks for us uh, who are going to rename, remain nameless until we can guess who they are. And uh, let's play who, uh, let's play would you rather with those two guys. What do you got for us? Yeah, two quarterbacks here, both under 30. I'm going to see which one you guys would take in Dynasty. I'm just kind of read through some stats here. Uh, player one, it's his seventh season as a starter. Player two, sixth season as a starter. Player one has a career completion percentage. Player two, 64.45. Player one, 85% career QB rating. Player two, 99 QB rating. Player one has missed four games due to injury in their career. Player two has missed zero games due to injury. Player one has four career finishes inside the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. Player two has four career finishes inside the top 10 quarterbacks. Player one has two outside the top 15. I'm sorry, player one. I don't know if I said that. Player one has two career finishes outside the top 15. Player two has never finished outside the top 15. And in 2017 so far, player one is averaging 16 Point six fantasy points per game so far and player two is averaging 22.5 fantasy points per game so far what do you guys think well first off before we get into this john i noticed that uh i'm no longer the brain in the intro and uh <laughs> and so I, I i yeah whatever i did wrong last week i'm gonna write that shit man so i can i can earn that uh that title back, but now looking at these players, um, Travis, I think player two is a slam dunk, um, just based on the numbers that you're giving us. Um, yeah, I would take player two over player one uh, based on the numbers solely. I think it's pretty obvious too. What do you think, John? Well, all right. So first of all, James, um, your uh, the the problem is that Travis's beard is just so freaking prominent. It's pretty easy to forget that your yeah. brain is also prominent uh, throughout the week. Um, you gotta wear your <laughs> you gotta wear your beard on your face. You gotta wear your beard on your face, John. Yeah, or yeah, James. If, yeah, if you could uh, somehow wear your brain like on top of your head for me, that would that would be a nice reminder. Um, then I'd be yeah. As far as these two players go, I know who these guys are. Travis, damn it, and it's it's, Cam, it's... player one is Cam Newton. Player two is Russell Wilson. Based on the the stats that you gave here um it would lead one to believe that russell wilson is the better dynasty player and yet i have him ranked far below cam newton in hmm. dynasty <laughs> and uh for some very very good reasons and uh none of which are represented on this uh on this sheet by the way um that you spent so much time laboring over so sounds like you're probably wrong already. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, 
Russell Wilson, you're right. There, It's obviously Cam and Wilson. And I pretty much have just pulled every relevant stat that exists for gauging Incorrect. how good a quarterback is. Incorrect. And Russell Wilson is clearly better in every single one of them. Okay. Is he a better passer? Sure. Is he uh, a- yeah. But is Cam Newton a better runner? Absolutely. No. Absolutely. No. Well, he's a, he's he runs far more frequently. He scores way more rushing touchdowns than all he has. Right. So all that's factored into the fantasy points that I just talked about. Okay, and there and right there is your biggest problem. And this is a, a problem that that all fantasy players look at without even really thinking about it. Average points per game tells you absolutely nothing. And the problem is exacerbated with Russell Wilson because, I mean, you just look at his game logs from this season. His first two games, he failed to throw for even 200 yards. It took him seven and a half quarters to throw for his first touchdown. He was in the bottom half of the quarterbacks in the league uh, for for both of those two weeks. And then his average fantasy points per game shoot through the roof because he has back-to-back uh, top top five quarterback games for in the following two games. So here's the problem with that. You don't get his average points per game. That doesn't count towards your, your actual points per game. What you actually got from Russell Wilson in, in week one was what eight eight fantasy points in a standard scoring four point per passing touchdown league that's what you got from him and you got something similar in week two and then you got you know 20 25 to 30 points in the following two weeks so the average points per game does absolutely nothing for a fantasy player uh that's incorrect it wins them weeks (laughs) Uh, he, he's had, so, so he, I, he won so, you two weeks out of four. Out of no, no, incorrect. Four. Oh, you're going back to the first four. That's fine. Yeah. So I've got so 2017 so far. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson has four weeks in which he finished in the top five fantasy quarterbacks. Four out of seven weeks played in the top five. His other three were still in the top 24 quarterbacks. Cam Newton has three top five weeks this year, three top 24 weeks, and he has two this year where he has not finished inside the top 24 quarterbacks. So Cam Newton is killing you more on a week-to-week basis than Russell Wilson is. He's just as, if not even more so, inconsistent than Russell Wilson is. On top of that, 2016, last year, Cam Newton had 10 weeks under 16 fantasy points, which is an arbitrary number that I picked, but it it falls in line perfectly with both of them. Russell Wilson also had 10 weeks under 16 fantasy points. So again, equally as inconsistent. In their careers, Cam Newton in 2012, so I'm just going to go, this is like total fantasy football finish, right? But still relevant to the inconsistency which is your main issue of these these quarterbacks. 2012, Cam Newton finished QB4. Thir- 2013, he finished QB10. Mm-hmm. Then we've got QB22, 
QB1, QB19. That's pretty darn inconsistent. Russell Wilson, QB11 in 2012, QB4, QB3, QB3, QB13. Okay, but again, you're looking at the total number of fantasy points and the total ranking at the end of the season, which doesn't tell the story for a fantasy player. In 2016, he had his best year as a passer. He threw for over 4,200 yards, which was a career high. But he had he had one, two, three, five games over 20 points out of 16 out of 15 played in the fantasy season. He had he had only 5 of those where he scored over over uh 23 points. And even worse, he had one two he had 3 games of single digits including his worst game of the season in week 14 in the fantasy playoffs when somebody's counting on him to help get to the to the next round. Right. I mean, that's just every every QB has bad games. That's my point is Cam Newton has just as many bad games as Russell Wilson does. The fact that it came in in week 14 is circumstantial. I mean, that doesn't matter. But it does matter to the to the fantasy owner, to the Russell. Wilson I understand owner. that. But there is that that's 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 luck of the draw. You're just as likely to get that same bad week in week one as you are in week 14. The fact that it came in week 14 does not matter. There's just as many bad weeks for Cam Newton as there are for Russell Wilson. And the the stats about, you know, the QB finishes, granted, that, that was total finish, obviously, like total fantasy points. So, But, I mean, you can't tell me that you'd rather have a QB in Dynasty that would be consistently bad over a QB that would be hit or miss but yet finish twice as high i mean qb you're talking i mean qb4 qb3 qb3 qb13 versus 10 22 1 and 19 Mm -hmm. what i'm telling you is i i would not want to draft a guy as the third quarterback overall which in a super flex startup means i have to take him early in the second round when I'm going to get just as many bad games as awesome games from him. There's just there's way too much variance in what Russell Wilson does. We've seen Cam Newton be consistent for an entire season. We've never seen that from Russell Wilson. He's never done it for an entire season. Consistently give you roughly the same numbers week in and week out. And it's really not even close. That's that's the real problem. I mean, I agree with you that every quarterback has that. But the problem with him is, like I said, I mean, one week you're you're getting single-digit uh, fantasy points from him. He's throwing for less than 200 yards. He's not he's not scoring a touchdown. And the very next week you can get, you know, 320 yards and three touchdowns from him. And and the the problem is what we tend to do is lump those together and act like and average it out and act like you know in one week you got 5 points from him one week you got 25 points from him and so we combine those into 30 fantasy points in those two games and then average it out and say that he averaged 15 points a game for you which isn't the case what actually happened is he lost you the first game and then 
he helped you win the second game with a blowout. So every time that a fantasy player is is watching, every time you're watching one of the players on your team, and he's having a big game, and you start thinking, okay, this is enough. This is all I need to win. Save some for next week. You're That's not how it works. <laughs> you've never said that. That's so ridiculous. No. You've, you've never you said don't save it for next. That's, that's, that's not how it works. That's not how stats work. That's not how fantasy scoring works. You don't save it and get it next week. Why not? Why why wouldn't you want that? <laughs> why why wouldn't I want? Why wouldn't I want no, Russell Wilson to stop want... at 300 yards and three touchdowns and do it again next week rather because than you might, go... need, you might need the 404 like he put up this week for that matchup. You want as many as you point, as points as you can every week. Like reserving them for the next week does no. not that's not how it works. You don't get the points he would have gotten if he stopped playing automatically added on to your next week's score. That's not how it works. I'm not saying that that's how it works. I'm saying that that's what fantasy players kind of wish for when they're watching these games. And and with Russell Wilson right. especially, it's I, I I want to win this week. I want as many points as I can get, but I know full well that there's a chance that next week is going to be a struggle for you, especially if you're Russell Wilson and you're inconsistent as hell. And I would way rather you stop now and save that that extra whatever it is, that extra energy or whatever it is. Save it for next week. Score me a, a reasonable number of fantasy points next week instead. Right. I get what you're saying. My that Cam Newton is the same way. He's the exact same thing. And we have seen Russell Wilson in... In 2015, he finished QB3. He didn't have a single point that was that killed you, or a single game that killed you. He had some, you know, he had an 11-point game, a 13-point game. But, I mean, we're talking, this is week week 10 on. He's 16, 25, 35, 34, 32, 26, 19, 21. Like, he won championships that season. And that's consistency weeks and weeks and weeks in a row. And, but look what I mean, he did you, before that, though. You, yeah, I know. 15, to- 22, 16. 15 12 18 like they're not they're not awesome but i mean you're you're all about consistency right that that's a pretty damn consistent season uh, well uh, okay I and, mean, and yeah, my there point is that cam, cam has the so same in 2015 here's how he was ranked among quarterbacks uh week week two he was nine week three he was 16 14 18 14 19 17 a bye week, and then and then in week ten he was quarterback ten, and then he took off. Yeah, three one three one seven. Um, I didn't even get his ranking for week sixteen in the championship, but I mean it it, it wasn't so great. It was th- that know. was you didn't you didn't name a single week outside the top twenty in that in that whole season. But if you're drafting him quarterback three in a startup, you're looking. He finished for quarterback than, three. But you're looking for somebody who's going to do better than quarterback 14, 16, 18. And for the, that was the entire start of his season. That was up until the, the week nine bye. Right. So, so pull up whatever site you're on. Pull up Cam Newton and tell me his weekly finishes in for... Two, in 2015? Well, no, that was his QB one season, wasn't it? Yes, sir. I don't want I don't want those finishes. 
<laughs> of course you don't. Of course you don't. But that was also Russell Wilson's best season. <laughs> that was that was the set. He had two seasons in which he finished QB three. Cam Newton, dude. But that one, Cam Newton threw... has finished twenty two and nineteen. Like sandwiching his QB one season, he sucked before and he sucked after and he's sucking this year. Okay, but he consistently and he's just sucked. as inconsistent. <laughs> no, he does. Oh my god. Okay, so even even if I can't convince you that he's as inconsistent, mm-hmm. you just said he consistently sucks. Yeah, so, so I know you'd what rather I'm have a consistently sucky quarterback who doesn't ever win you a matchup than a guy that sucks half the time and then wins you weeks half the time. That's what you'd rather have? I'd rather have a guy who I know has the potential to to have a 2015 because I've seen it happen, who has the potential to consistently be in the top five, top ten quarterbacks week in and week out. And he did that. That one year he did, yes. That one year he did that. Yeah, and Russell Wilson's never done it. Dude. So at this point, we can't even say he has the potential to do it because he hasn't done it. He finished QB3 twice and QB4 the year before that. That's consistency. Four, three, three. Cam Newton's 22, 19, one. That's consistency for the season, but I'm talking about week to week. Who's the guy who has the ability to win you every single week? And it's Cam Newton because he's not Cam Newton. Cam Newton does not have that ability. He did it. He did it in 2015. So did Russell Wilson. No, he didn't. Russell Wilson won championships that year. If you got to the playoffs with him after he started with one finish in the top 10 quarterbacks um, before the the week nine bye. Beyond that, I mean, his best, the best that he did was quarterback 14. You had to have another quarterback who you could, who in a super flex league, you had to lean on somebody like Andy Dalton. To get you through, Andy Dalton also had a very good start to the 2015 season, I believe. Yeah, he he did. <laughs> he was better than Russell Wilson. <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> I mean, believe it or not, I actually have Andy Dalton. Anyways, 2015. My my point is, I I don't want a quarterback that has the capability of finishing QB one and then QB nineteen the next year. That doesn't intrigue me at all. I'd much rather have the guy that's consistently finishing. He's never finished outside the top 13. QB 13 is Russell Wilson's worst fantasy football finish in his career. And Cam has two seasons outside of the top 18. That's crazy. No, thank you. I'd much rather have what Russell Wilson, even though Russell Wilson can't even either. He gets either. He can't get you to the playoffs like in 2015 or he gets you to the playoffs and let, and then lets you down in the fantasy playoffs like he did last year in 2016. That's why I'm taking Cam Newton. He was he had an entire season of consistent productivity the entire step of the way. Every single week he was he was at least in the top 10 if not the top 5 and he finished QB1 more often than any other quarterback that season. Yeah, that was an outlier season. But it, he still won you a championship. So did Russell Wilson. No, he didn't. But that's fine. Didn't. You're obviously we're not. I'm not going to win you over on this one. You're not going to win me over on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to throw I, this. I believe your log. 
I believe your logic is flawed, though, sir. Okay, but w- when you're separating the two, one of them has been consistent for one year, and one has not. Yeah, one of them had a Matt Ryan season. Yeah. A year after, a year before Matt Ryan had it. Yeah. That's called and, an outlier, John. And one of them has never Statistical outlier. But that doesn't matter to me. All that matters to me is winning, winning games week in and week out. And who can right. win you but a you championship? Have to, you have to project forward. And he's you just can, he's actually capable of having an outlier season because he did it. Russell Wilson right. has never done it. He finished QB3 twice. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I complete so your your whole argument is that Cam Newton had one really really good year a statistically a, a statistical anomaly an outlier season so therefore he's capable of reproducing that therefore he's better than Russell Wilson and yes okay <laughs> I I just I disagree with that strategy I guess so. We're never going to agree because I don't want to make my bets on statistical outliers and and saying, you know, hoping that they're going to happen again because it happened once. And I'd rather go with the more consistent player in Russell Wilson. For the season, based on season-long averages. No, no, no. I what? just – no, I knew you were going to go with averages and that's why I, I, I threw out like this year – Cam Newton, three top five weeks. Russell Wilson, four top five weeks. Three in the top 24. Cam Newton, three in the top 24. But Cam Newton has two outside the top 24. That's more inconsistent than Russell Wilson. QB, or 2016, last year, they both had 10 weeks, individual weeks, not average weeks, 10 individual weeks under 16 fantasy points. They're both just as inconsistent as the other. And But the fact that Cam Newton had one statistical outlier of a year does not make me want to bet on him to do that again because overall russell wilson has had the better career and has scored more fantasy points than cam newton has okay but you're not getting all of russell wilson's fantasy points dispersed over the course of an entire season you're, you're getting, not doing it with Cam Newton either, except for that one outlier season that you're stuck but that, on. But that one season, you got that from him. You've never got That's that. That's fine. So you're betting on on a statistical. You're betting. You're betting on the certainty that you get with Russell Wilson, which is you're accepting that he's going to have some quarterback twenty four weeks, and he's going to have some quarterback one weeks. And at Same the end of the Cam season, Newton. he's going to have a huge mountain of fantasy points that he got that he got all in five games. So he helped you win five games. You're, you're exaggerating, but I see your point. And my point is Cam Newton is doing the same damn thing, except for that one year. Right now he is. And to me, that one year is a tiebreaker. That's all I'm saying that I'm not saying that Cam Newton is an elite quarterback. Cause at this point he clearly is not. I can't, for 2017, I can't trust him any more than Russell Wilson. I'm absolutely on board with you there. But what he has demonstrated is that he can have that season where he helps you win every single week of your fantasy season. As opposed to Russell Wilson's... This isn't an exaggeration. 
there have there are seasons where Russell Wilson helps you win seven of your sixteen fantasy weeks, and that's not good okay. enough. I disagree. I think we've we've, we've <laughs> beat beat this dead horse enough. I know. <laughs> I think we might just have different different approaches here. Okay. Well, let's let uh let's let James rejoin the conversation here. And, that was uh, good, guys. That was good. I enjoyed that sitting back and listening. That was fun. Yeah. Did uh did did it sway your decision in either direction, or are you still still on the fence for the time being? John, that that was that was interesting. I when Travis laid it out, I'm like, dude, John, John has no argument like that. And then, John, your your game by game thing kind of worked for me a little bit. I'm like, man, that does make sense because, I mean, you need that. Like like you said, you know, if I don't know, I, I'm on the fence. I like both, but you know, for I thought it was a slam dunk. It's Russell Wilson, and then I was I was swayed a little bit, but I still think Russell Wilson's the way to go. But you made a good argument, John, that I didn't see that coming. That that week by week thing definitely makes a big difference. Only because, like you said, if he did it for one year and it won you a championship, it's totally worth having Cam Newton on your team and the Uh fact that he's shown it, you know, so I kind of get where you're coming from, but yummy Kool-Aid. I, I I think I'd still, I, I still, let's just Wilson, but I, yeah, yeah, exactly. He prefaced and finished that, that Cam Newton sandwich by saying he'd take Russell Wilson on both sides of that. So, I mean, there's, there's two separate arguments to it. Um, I'm I'm not going to go into either one of them, but I mean we we just kind of talked about Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson, and uh, the other side of the argument for me is Russell Wilson versus his you know his overall ranking, going off of conventional wisdom and conventional logic. Um, so, but that's probably for another podcast. But I mean we can talk a little bit about that here because we had. Uh, first of all, just a ridiculous shootout yesterday, or uh, this this past weekend between Russell Wilson and uh, Deshaun Watson in Seattle, and then uh, we had another a little bit of an outlier game uh, by Dak Prescott, and uh, I I think that we need to talk a little bit about this. Um, I think we need to talk a little bit about. All three of those guys, Watson, Wilson, and Prescott, um, going forward, both for the rest of the season and in Dynasty going forward a little bit, and uh, how much their performances this past weekend kind of changed your changed your thought process on these guys, if it did at all. Yeah, for me, um, you know, it was really interesting. That Watson-Wilson matchup was so much fun. Uh, watching those two guys go back and forth, and it was almost like an old uh, an old quarterback duel where you know one guy was watching on the bench, and you know as soon as the other guy scored, they were getting up and going, okay, you know now it's my turn, and they got up, and they, you know it, it was just so much fun to watch those two. Um, I'm I, I'm still right where I was with Russell Wilson. I mean, I still think he's uh, I, I I have him uh, you know right outside my top five. I still like Russell Wilson an awful lot this year. Um, and moving forward in Dynasty. But Watson is every single game that I watch him, he impresses me more and more. I've got him as my quarterback three in, in my Dynasty rankings, and I'm keeping him there. Um, I, I just, 
every you know this guy checks every box and this week what he did was he checked that big game box and i know he had three interceptions but you know one of them came at the end of the game when you know he's just trying to make a play downfield and he did this against seattle secondary 400 yards and four touchdowns i mean i i was really impressed i i walked away really impressed with him and uh dak prescott real quick i'm i I didn't take much away from that. The conditions weren't good. Zeke was running the ball great, and they just didn't have to throw it a ton. Um, so I think the game script really kind of, kind of, you know, uh, hurt Dak Prescott this this week. But uh, moving forward, I'm still really high on Dak. Again, I have him as my quarterback too in my dynasty rankings, and uh, and I'm not moving him from there. Um, and I I don't have any you know uh, any feelings towards him negatively after this one bad performance. What do, what about you, Travis? What are you thinking? I'm pretty much right in line with you. I the Dak game. I I love Dak. He's my QB three. He's your QB two. I think we all like him. The, it it does worry me a little bit because you kind of get a glimpse into what the Cowboys could be if they were able to just run and run and run and and establish an early lead and you know. They will win games like that if they can. So that's a little concerning in that, you know, that might not be the last time that happens. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I didn't, it didn't, it's not enough of, you know, a, a sample to, to lower him at all. I think he's going to be great. He's, he's fantastic to watch. Um, and then obviously Russell Wilson is the goat. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Wilson, he, it, it, this this should help quite a bit. Um, he uh, the Seahawks just traded for a left tackle, uh, Dwayne Brown from the Houston Texans, uh, in return for uh, Jeremy Lane and a third round pick. I'll I fully admit part of my problem with Wilson is not even Wilson's fault. It's the offensive line. It's the drops by guys like Jimmy Graham. Um, it's you know sometimes the inability of of some of these guys to get open um so it's it's sometimes it's not even russell wilson's fault when he's not able to to perform but so now he's got a left tackle that offensive line should get at least incrementally better how much do you think that this will affect russell wilson going forward and uh his his fantasy outlook at least for the rest of the season if not going forward in dynasty um, and actually, I think that we already know the answer from Travis. So let's start with James. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, real quick. Uh, the I think we just got an updated um, thing with the Dwayne Brown trade. It looks like it was Dwayne Brown getting traded to Seattle. And it looks like uh, Jeremy Lane, a uh, 2018 fifth round pick and a 2019 second round pick going back to Houston. So Houston does get a little bit of a haul here for a guy who they weren't planning a, a all accounts looked like they weren't planning on resigning. Anyways, he had hauled out uh, for a, a majority of the season, and um, they, they they showed that they you know they could block well enough without him. So I, I kind of think that it's a win win. Um, Seattle actually upgrading their offensive line and doing a move this big is, uh, I mean, it's encouraging. It, it kind of shows me that Seattle's you know thinks uh, and they can they can compete right now. Obviously. Um, they just they knew they needed to improve and on the offensive line and I think this does that uh, giving them a solid left tackle to protect uh, you know Russell Wilson is is huge so um, I, I as far as Wilson's value I, I don't know I think 
Um, it's really hard to tell the effect that Dwayne Brown's going to have on that uh, right away. So I, I think we probably have to have to sit and wait a few games to kind of see what, what happens. But it, upgrading this offensive line, I mean, that was a must. For them to do that now, I think, is huge. And um, I think it's a confidence builder for those guys in the locker room in Seattle, knowing that the front office believes in them enough that they're going to try to win now. Um, I think that's always a good thing. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to ask you, John. How how many how many games above twenty fantasy points in a row will it take for you to come on here and publicly apologize to Russell Wilson? <laughs> uh, it, it's not even about that. It, it, it he doesn't have he, he doesn't have to <laughs> it doesn't have to be twenty point twenty plus points in a row. What it would take for me is a predictable stat line a predictable set of game logs for the entire season, including top 10 performances throughout the playoffs. And I, I mean, it, it would, it would take just no more, just don't lay another egg this season, you know, especially, it, it, you know, if you do it against a bad defense or a, against a really good defense, then I, then I'll let that one go as well. But I mean, if he just plays consistent throughout this season, I don't need the big, you know, three, four hundred yards and and four or five touchdowns. I don't I don't need that from my quarterback. I'd love to have that if he can do it on a consistent basis. All I need, though, all I'm asking for is, you know, 250 yards and two touchdowns every single week. And I'm not saying on average, I'm saying literally do it every single week. And then I'll, and then I'll fully admit I'll, I'll put him in my top five of my rankings, even though that's going to be a huge jump. I'll still yeah. I'm willing to do it, and I'll put so, him way ahead of Cam. So two fifty and two. If I'm doing my math right, isn't that twenty two point? Is that not twenty two points? Hmm. 25 20. yards. I guess that is. Point. I guess that's. Yeah, yeah. 2022. So Somewhere if he has, if he if he doesn't have another game under, what, what what do you consider a dud game? Like 16 and below, like a total like bummer game. Um, I'll give you 18. I'll give you 18 below. If he doesn't okay. finish out, if he doesn't if he doesn't have another game under 18 points. You'll come on here and and publicly apologize to Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, it would just take unprecedented consistency from him, but that's what awesome. I'm looking for. I'm looking for unprecedented <laughs> consistency. Cam Newton did it, and that's why he's ahead in the rankings right now. He had unprecedented consistency, and Russell Wilson hasn't done it yet. So, but yeah, yeah, right, I would. Uh, Dwayne Brown helps that. So, yeah. this is the year. Let's move on. In theory, <laughs> I mean, he had Russell Okung before and still didn't do it. So, but we'll see. I, I, I wish him all the best. He's a hell of an NFL quarterback. Just not much for fantasy. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's move on. <laughs> I just wrote about Jimmy Garoppolo. You can je- you can check that out at uh, DynastyFootballFactory.com. dot um, But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo just got traded to the Forty ers for a 2018 second round pick. James. <laughs> yeah. 
the Browns fan, man. How how sour are you right now? Dude, super sour. Super sour. Yeah, not not happy at all. No, I look, did this is huge news. I mean, first of all, fantasy implications wise, I mean Garoppolo going to San Francisco immediately upgrades not only uh, you know, the San Francisco wide receivers, but obviously San Francisco's, I mean, their whole supporting cast. I mean, you figure it's got to upgrade the running game. It's got to upgrade, uh, you know, uh, George Kittle, uh, Garcon, uh, uh, pretty much every every position player and skilled player there. Um, Garoppolo's presence is going to help. Um, I don't know how soon, you know, I mean, he's, he's obviously got to learn his system, but Kyle Shanahan is getting Jimmy Garoppolo. That's huge to me. Um, I think fantasy wise, Garoppolo is a guy that, uh, his value obviously skyrockets. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is a contract year for Garoppolo too. So, I mean, he's auditioning for San Francisco as well as 31 other teams. Um, it's a huge move. Now, my whole thing is, and, and, and look, you know, in the off season, a lot of stuff gets reported, and some of it isn't. Turns out to not be so true. But leading up to the draft, the Browns were rumored to have offered a first round pick for Garoppolo, and it was reported pretty much everywhere that New England wanted two firsts. And so I think, I, I mean, from from what we're hearing now, it looks like New England really tried to re-sign Garoppolo. Um, throughout the course of this season and it just wasn't going to happen and so now is the time to move on from him and his value probably just went down at that point um, so I guess I can kind of see that but man the New England rolled the dice and just just whiff here but um, the, the one other implication I want to get to real quick is I think New England must be sold that Tom Brady is going to play another few years because I don't think they do this and then trade Brissett. I mean, they have no one else on that roster. It looks like the 49ers released Brian Hoyer, and it's reported that uh, New England may be interested in him. But because of some of the compensatory picks that would have been um, in play here, they couldn't trade Hoyer because he wasn't on his uh, on his contract with that team for 10 games. So, so it, it, something like that in that regard. So it looks like they cut him outright and, uh, and new England is uh, you know, is reportedly interested in bringing him in, but still Hoyer is not a long-term answer either at that quarterback position. So they must be sold that Tom Brady is going to play another few years. And, uh, and that is interesting for all Brady owners as well. Travis, what's your read on this? I hope Arizona gets Hoyer. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> I, like I don't Hoyer, know if man. that sentence Hoyer. has ever been uttered. <laughs> <laughs> I hope blank my team gets Brian Hoyer. Yeah, Hoyer, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean Hoyer. Hoyer is like I, I, he's an above average backup and a well below average starter. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of one of those guys that's stuck in that that middle ground where he's never going to be a franchise QB, but he's too good to just be a backup. But I mean, he's better than Drew Stanton and better than Blaine Gabbert. So I'd be all right with it. But as far as I I agree that, you know, it would seem as though Brady definitely will not retire this year. Um, You know, they're smart enough to not do that. Uh, And then as far as the Niners, I mean, if, if he plays well, then, I mean, they're set. They don't have, you know, they don't have to, spend 27 million on Kirk cousins and, or, or, you know, they don't have to draft a a rookie and, and go through the the growing pain. So, I mean, it was a good move. I think the, the Niners don't have a second round pick in the next two drafts. I believe if I remember that correctly though, so doesn't really help the rebuilding process from that aspect. Actually, I, I just read about this and it looked like San Francisco had two seconds 
um, in the draft next year. The one that they dealt is their second round pick. Now, I don't know who's second that they have next uh, in, in the 2018 draft coming up here, but I know that they had two seconds because they had to clarify which second was going to New England. And it is San Francisco's pick, which is probably going to be a pretty high one. So they must own somebody else's second round uh, pick for the 2018 draft as well. Huh. Interesting. Travis, what do you think for Garoppolo's fantasy value? What does this do? And, and in fact, the fantasy value of all of the offensive uh, fantasy relevant players on the 49ers. I think it immediately right now launches everybody up, obviously. Anytime there's a big move or, you know, a big change that's going to happen, especially when the guy Garoppolo going there is considered to be good. I don't know that I'm sold from, you know, what his three games starting that he is going to, you know, come in and, and save this franchise and be, you know, a top 10 quarterback. I think that's yet to be, you know, yet to be determined. So there's a chance he, he still could not be good. And, and then the Niners are kind of stuck, you know, in the same in the same spot. But if he is good, obviously, um, you know that that helps the Niners out a lot. And and his, you know, Garoppolo, it, if he plays well this year, I mean, his value goes from, you know, I mean, a backup. Obviously, you could get him for what, like a third, in in superflex. You think before this trade? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Quite possibly. Yeah, to I mean you're not he he's expensive now. I think he was probably still going around a first You just, think? Just because of the opportunity that he could have walked into uh, yeah. at, the, at the time. Um I mean it was so like I mean last last we heard before today was that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but New England wanted him. They liked him. He was going to take over for Brady in, you know, two, three, four years. So, yeah, who, who's trading for that? You know what I mean? Unless you unless you believed that he wouldn't that he would be a starter at on another team next year or or for New England. Yeah. But I think the, the majority feeling was, you know, he had another couple of years until he was fantasy relevant. Yeah. I mean, the that's the thing though you're kind of buying on the potential that he would that he would take over next year if you throw garoppolo into the two, the 2018 rookie draft if he was somehow available along with guys like sam darnold josh allen and josh rosen i think that you put garoppolo either at the top of the of that list or maybe slightly behind uh sam darnold just on the the possibility of you know who's going to start for you next year? Who's going to be usable in Superflex? So that's that's kind of where I say I I kind of think that Garoppolo was already a first round pick, worth a first round pick in a in a Superflex league. I don't think anything has changed. To be totally honest, I don't think that this does a whole lot to his value immediately because we don't know and we're not going to know this season. His his schedule gets brutal. We've we've got a few other quick news items to go into here, um, and let's start with Zach Miller, whose leg collapsed like a, a folding lawn chair um, in one of the more gruesome injuries in NFL history. And uh, so, James, tell us about 
about the Bears' tight end position going forward, which is going to be particularly relevant in tight end premium leagues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first off, that Zach Miller injury was devastating. I mean, it's it's likely career ending, and they had to save his leg. Um, is is how bad it was. So um, you know, it, good thoughts that uh, that you know the surgery came through well, and uh, and that's awesome for Zach Miller. You know, we never want to see a guy uh, end his career on the field like that. But uh, but at least he's going to be okay long term. It looks like so that's good. Um, yeah, they, you know, as far as the Bears' tight ends go, uh, they have two options. Um, they have one uh, in Deion Sims and another in Adam Shaheen. Uh, real quick, I want to touch on Shaheen. He was a high pick for the Bears. Um, they took him with their next pick after uh, Trubisky. I think they had a third-round pick on him. Um, he's out of a small school, uh, Ashland College. Um, he was considered a raw prospect, but big, strong uh, guy that uh, should help in the passing game. So far this year, you haven't really seen a lot of him. He had one catch for two yards so far in the year, and it was a touchdown against Pittsburgh in week three. Um, he hasn't seen the field a lot, but uh, you wonder if maybe this is an opportunity to get him on the field with a young quarterback and maybe gain some chemistry. But if not, Deion Sims' profile as well. And uh, Travis, what do you think about Deion Sims and uh, and you know his, his uh, profile going forward? Yeah, I think I think Deion Sims is the bet I'm going to make if if I'm making one here. Not that the offense is particularly dynamic right now, but Sims isn't anything special. I mean, he's a pretty average athlete. All of his metrics are you know in that 45 to 60th percentile area, and um, you know he's in his fifth year um, out of Michigan State. And the the reason though is. You know, I, I there was some promise. He showed some promise at the end of last year with the Dolphins, um, in that you know he started getting more targets and and he caught he actually caught four touchdowns in the last five games of the fantasy season last year, um, and he was looking like he was coming on a bit. And then there was some buzz in the off season when he um, when he went to the Bears, and I actually. Uh, just ended up dropping him in uh, all my dynasty leagues like three weeks ago because he wasn't getting it done. But I think that, you know, Trubisky has shown that that he targets the tight end position. And I feel like we've been spoiled this year with rookie tight end production and expecting that from, you know, rookie tight ends with, um, you know, Evan Ingram. And so I, I think Shaheen... I mean, it could go either way, but my, my bet's going to be on Deion Sims and not the rookie. Speaking of upside, Juju Smith-Schuster just went boom in Week Eight. Uh, he 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 went up the Detroit Lions. Finally, having I mean, he had a huge game. Um, Artavius Bryant didn't dress. Juju Smith's role, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's role going forward looks like it's going to be a big one in Pittsburgh. Um, and I. I Personally, if I can get him and I can buy him low, I'm absolutely going to do that. Now, after a big game like that, you're probably not going to find him low in Dynasty. But in redraft, you might find him on the waiver wire still. So I would definitely look and uh, and see if you can acquire Juju Smith-Schuster. I definitely like his role going forward in that high-powered offense. Juju Smith-Schuster has is, is become my probably my favorite player in the, in the entire NFL. And it's not just because of the way he plays. Follow this man on Twitter. You have yeah. to do. He is the best <laughs> in the whole thing with his stolen bike, and then he chained up after he scored the long touchdown. Uh, this, yeah, that was great. This past week, he chains up the exercise, <laughs> and then he also he he had an all time. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just call it an exercise? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What do you call it? 
What are you going to call that thing, then? You exercycle? <laughs> what is that thing, then? No, no. It's not a mode of transportation. You're not going to convince me it's that it's an it's actual an exercise bike. bike. Exercise bike. Nobody says exercycle. It's what almost like it? a Halloween never, take on a bicycle. Never like, heard that word. Wait, exercise the bicycle. Wait, what like, is the I, difference? Ex exercycle? <laughs> That does, that's not a thing. That doesn't exist in the world. That's not a thing. Ah, Google it. Go- We're going to make it a thing. Google it, that young is cool. man. I like it. Hashtag exercycle. <laughs> it, it, mine, mine, was, mine was a lot more efficient until we had to go off on this. Uh, this <laughs> we, until we got sidetracked here. Well, the dude, way I you start using <laughs> You start using words that aren't words. I'm going to call you out on it's, it. It's not a made-up word. <laughs> now we have to have a, a an argument similar to Cam versus Russ on exercycle versus exercise bike. It's all about efficiency. All right. Anyways, he also burned me a Khalifa like none other. I, I don't know what the hell just happened, but I don't I – don't, even care anyways juju is awesome follow him on twitter and get him on all your fantasy teams uh if you still can because his value just went through the roof are you in dynasty are you selling high i am i don't i don't think i am either yeah I, i i don't think i would either as a matter of fact i'd i'd rather buy high than sell high on juju that's that's my take on it dude's 20 years old yeah, I don't yeah. think this yeah. is high right now. Even after that game, I I don't think that he's reached his max value. Not even close. Right, yeah, that, no, no. But I think his value is higher now than it has been at any point. So I would say that it's it's high as far as what you could have gotten him at. But no, you're right. I think I think there's a legitimate shot that it goes a whole lot higher, and that's the only reason why I would buy. You know, right now, yeah. Yeah, so he had he had 193 yards and a touchdown. 97 of those yards and the touchdown came on that one that one play that was amazing and awesome. But you know, even without that, he would have had six for 96. And he, I saw it on Twitter. I wish I'm sorry to whoever put this stat out. I know you're a lot more popular than I am, but I don't remember who it was. Um, that he is the only other Steelers pass catcher to receive. 10 or more targets this year other than Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. Martavis Bryant had only eight twice. So he's the only one um, other than Bell and uh, Brown. Sorry, Bell and Brown. Yeah. Um, And he had a 35% target share this last week, which is pretty crazy. But my, you know, to reel it in a little bit, my fear is, you know, this is just a one game benching for, for Bryant and what happens when he comes back. He's not get Juju's not getting a thirty five percent target share. So I think this might be the biggest game we see from him for a few weeks. You know, granted or I mean, given that assuming that Martavis wasn't traded yesterday being Tuesday, because this show drops on Wednesday. <laughs> uh my bigger fear is that Antonio Brown isn't always going to be shadowed for, you know, over three quarters of the game by a corner like Darius, like uh, Darius Slay. Um, that's where it's going to be hard for Juju, at least for the time being, to 
to find some volume, but I I think that this is going to end up being Juju's team in the next few years. That's how high I am on him. So I'm still saying go out and buy him anywhere that you possibly can because he's only he just scratched the surface, and he changed up he chained up an exercycle. <laughs> I did look up exercycle. It is a thing. Yes, but I I don't think that I don't think that exercise bike. The images that came up did not look anything like the exercise bike that what, you do. You, you, uh, was it some like from the eighties or something? Is that where I got that? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it looks like it's a yeah like a converted like half bike half something else type thing. So yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I I don't know, but it is a thing. It does exist, which Thank you. I guess Travis and I are both wrong on. But uh... all right, time for you are nuts. I get nuts. What are you nuts? Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You're all nuts. You're nuts. Let's start with a quick recap of uh, what we did last week, which wasn't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we'll just go down the list here and uh, um, hang our heads in shame as we admit to our our failed predictions. Start with you, James. Yeah, uh, I said Christian McCaffrey would have his first multi-touchdown game this week with three touchdowns, and he had zero. So, yeah, swing and a miss, and (laughs) it was bad. It was bad. We're just going to leave it to that. Go ahead, Travis. You're up. <laughs> Travis was probably the closest, but uh, yet again. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take any credit for this one, man. <laughs> I had Joe Mixon with 117 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns and then uh, four catches for 37 yards. He ended up with 18 rushing yards, <laughs> zero rushing touchdowns, but he did have 91 receiving yards on three catches. But still, yeah, we we all whiffed pretty hard on this week. And a fumble. Don't forget the fumble. Yeah, that's I didn't. Right. I didn't. I didn't see that in the show sheet there, James. Yeah. No. No. I think you made the show sheet, didn't you? Uh, I did. It's I interesting didn't. that didn't show up. Huh? <laughs> and I had Amir Abdullah breaking a hundred rushing yards, and uh, for the first time this season, and actually, I believe for the first time in his career. Yeah, I mean the the Lions haven't had it. A hundred yard rusher since Reggie Bush in 2013 or something. Uh-huh. So, yeah. and I also had him scoring twice. Um, he went for 27 rushing yards and uh, definitely no scores. So, yeah, uh, that hundred rushing yards that's probably coming this week. Um, but I'm not gonna use that as a prediction ever again. Um, <laughs> just. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not gonna put any faith in the the Lions running game ever again. So let's start talk about our predictions for this week, and uh, see if they're any tamer and and more achievable. Uh, and again, we'll start with you, James. Yeah, I, uh, I I toned it back a little bit, at least I think. Uh-huh. But I'm 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 saying that Devontae Adams uh, is gonna go for 100 plus uh, receiving yards and two touchdowns. Uh, this week uh, against Detroit, uh, you know, and we just saw what uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did against the Lions. Number two receivers seem to match up well against them. Um, I think uh, Slay is going to going to match up on Jordy, and uh, and so I think Devontae Adams is going to have a huge opportunity here. Obviously, a lot relies on you know what happened in the bye week and how Hunway handled that. 
But uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Devonte Adams is gonna have that hundred plus yards and two touchdowns this week. Here we so go. You're, so you're nuts. I mean that's I mean that's not gonna happen, James. There's no way. No way. A hundred yards and two touchdowns. First of all, you stole my stat line from my prediction, but we'll 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 let that go. It looks uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I I, mean, I I I'm optimistic. I. Th- about you know the 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 Packers offense in general compared to last week, I, I don't think they're going to be that bad every week, uh, especially you know against the Lions. But I don't think they're going to have a hundred yard two touchdown receiver anytime soon. I think you're partially nuts. I I think that uh, that it's definitely risky to pick which one of the outside receivers it's going to be. But I do think that there's an opportunity for one of either Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson. Um, just It all depends on who is Darius Slay focused on and uh, who gets the other side and uh, all kinds of room to work. So I think there's a chance that it's Devontae Adams. Um, I think that 100 yards and two touchdowns is definitely doable for whoever that is. Uh, there's just there's in just as much of a chance as Jordy Nelson. That's my theme. All right, I'll take it. Partially nuts. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I I went with my boy. Well, not really my boy, but my team. Adrian Peterson off the bye. No passing game. They're gonna feed him. He's gonna have a hundred yards rushing and two touchdowns. Stat line sounds familiar, James. But yeah, I mean, he's so they're up against San Francisco. Obviously, San Francisco does not have a good defense. Um, I think that uh, Arizona really with, I mean, with through Stanton, uh, James, your uh, preview to your super streaker here, you're you're crazy, dude. I don't think Drew Stanton has a chance. I th- I wouldn't be surprised if he's benched. In third quarter for for Gabbert, that dude's oh, horrible. Uh, <laughs> that's that's my worry with this prediction is they're just not going to have any resemblance of an of a functional offense and and nobody's going to do anything and they're going to get blown away. But San Francisco is not a good team. If if he's going to get his second hundred yard rushing game, it's going to be this week for sure. Uh, the Eagles had. Uh, 29, I believe, no, 27 running back rush attempts against the 49ers last week. Um, they split them up between Blunt and Clement, but the Cardinals don't have, I mean, Adrian Peterson's it. You know, they're not, I mean, Kerwin Williams might get, you know, three or four, but they're going to feed Adrian Peterson the ball. And I think the volume equals uh, production on this one with against a bad team. Travis, you are nuts. You are nuts with this prediction. Look, if I'm San Francisco, the only thing I'm worried about is I'm going to stop the run. I'm going to make Drew Stanton beat me. I'm loading the box all the time. I am making sure they're not going to beat me running the ball with AP. I don't think that he's going to see very favorable uh, fronts and, and running formations. I think Drew Stanton is going to have the opportunity with man coverage on the outside to beat San Francisco, and I don't think that's a tough thing to do. I think Drew Stanton's going to have a game. I do, and so I don't think AP is going to be able to hit that hundred yard and two touchdown mark. That's just me. I could just see this game going that way. Um, you know, I, I'm going to stop AP. I'm going to make a guy named Drew Stanton try to beat me through the air, 
and uh, and we'll see kind of how that goes. But I'm I'm not letting AP beat me if I'm San Francisco. I am loading the box. Uh, a lot of run heavy formations. A lot of run blitzes. I'm not going to let them beat. Me. And I think this is one of those rare occasions where you're both nuts on this one. Um, I I agree with everything James said up to the point where it, this is a Drew Stanton game. I don't. That's another one of those sentences. It's just never been uttered, <laughs> <laughs> and for good reason. So. Because he's bad. Uh, yeah. He's so bad. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, I just, I, I don't know how, I I just don't really see much of a path here for Arizona to get much done offensively. I think that it's just going to be one of those games. Just kind of take it on the chin. Um, I, it, I agree. And that's that, that was my fear, is just yeah. zero offense. And so that's why it's bold. Yeah, totally. My bold prediction for week nine has actually nothing to do with performances in week nine has everything to do with the fact that the Patriots currently don't have a backup quarterback to Tom Brady. And I think that they're going to remedy that by going out and signing Colin Kaepernick. uh, Because to me, that is the ultimate Patriots move, the ultimate middle finger to the face of Roger Goodell in the NFL by bringing in the guy public enemy number one for the NFL and its owners. Yeah, I I think you're nuts, dude. I don't think there's any chance that happens. I think that would not, I think it'd be more of a middle finger to half of the U S population than it would be to the NFL. Um, and one orange president in particular, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. And, and half of the U S population being his supporters. Um, so, well, I mean, apparently half of those guys don't watch football anymore, so who knows? Right. <laughs> um, on top of that, though, I, I mean, you said in our first show that we did together, Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to play football. I mean, he he has turned down backup jobs. He's turned down backup money, and then he comes out and files this lawsuit against all 32 NFL owners right when QBs are dropping like flies. And so, I mean, he's, he's obviously not trying. I mean, I, I agree with that take, you know, he's not trying to get a quarterback job in the NFL anymore. I think he's trying to become, you know, a spokesperson for what he believes in and, and a public figure. So I don't, I don't think that happens. Yeah. John, you're probably nuts, but I want you to be right. So, so bad. And, and here's the thing, I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, what side are you on with Kaepernick kneeling? I'm not, I'm not going to go there, but I will say this. It's been talked about to an agnoseating level. Um, and I think, you know, obviously there's an important issue, and that's why it's talked about. But for him to sign with the Patriots, I think, would put people in kind of a conundrum. Man, I can't stand the Patriots, but I wanted Kaepernick to get signed because he deserves a job in the NFL, but now he's a Patriot. So what do I do? Do I root for this Patriot? Do I, I what do I do? You know, and I just think it would be interesting to see because there's there's so much Patriot hate out there, but there's also a lot of Kaepernick support. And I just think it would be interesting to see where loyalties lie once, you know, all things are are kind of uh, kind of would would fall, you know, where 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 the chips would fall once this signing happened, but uh you know, I think some people's heads would explode like, oh, man, the Patriots did it. Do I have to say nice things about the Patriots now? You know, so, um, yeah, I want you to be right. But, yeah, unfortunately, you're probably nuts. It would just I be think- such a Patriots move, such a such a monkey wrench into everything that, that 
you know that everyone thinks that they know and thinks that they feel you know <laughs> it just so anyways uh not you know not to make it all political um but i just uh i think that that's just such a patriots move but you're right it's probably nuts and i have been nuts before and i'll be nuts again so um so let's uh let, i i just I'm just gonna let this one play out because I think it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that there would be, like you're saying, there'd be a bunch of people saying, "Oh, I support Kaepernick, but I hate the Patriots." I think there'd be equally amount of people, you know, the, the same amount of people on the other side being like, "I love the Patriots, but I hate Kaepernick." You know, I mean, that's like an equal representation of the U.S. population. So, I mean, it definitely sure, would be sure, yeah. <laughs> crazy. There would be, I mean, the internet, I think, would explode. Yeah, that's that's just a a very Bill Belichick type of uh, chaos that would be yeah. created there. <laughs> All right, one final segment. We're going streaky. Yes! That's right, super streakers. Let's uh, let's find a couple, uh, a few uh, quarterbacks here who we think are going to pass for two hundred and fifty plus yards in week nine um and therefore will help us build our streaks in the super flexible super streak or super flex super streak uh challenge whatever it's called (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know anymore you guys aren't playing it i'm in it but i can't get a streak going and i'm running out of quarterbacks so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, good job on that on that intro to the segment there, John. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna test a little bit of a theory here, and I'm gonna go with Jacoby Brissett. Um, seems like maybe not the best pick, but I'm I'm testing a theory that I have. In that, you know, I went with Russell Wilson last week. He played against Houston. Jacoby Brissett is playing Houston next week, week nine. So I think that the Houston defense is not playing all that well right now, and they can definitely be thrown on as shown by, you know, the shootout, obviously this last week with Wilson and Watson. But on top of that, the Houston offense is also just crazy productive and dynamic right now where it's forcing the the opposition to try to keep up and throw 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 um so i think i think jacoby Brissett goes over 250 uh he had 233 passing yards against cincinnati last week which is a defense that's playing better than houston is right now yeah travis i think for that to happen uh I think uh, Jack Doyle might have to have 23 receptions, so he might be. He might, I might I might be playing him a tight end, that's for sure. But um, I can no, guarantee my, you that T. Y. Hilton will have less than 20 of those 250 yards. Yeah, it's it wow. seems to be the case. Yeah, wow, yeah. that's a that's a strong guarantee, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I'm. I know Travis is going to love my pick um, because I am going. With Drew Stanton, and again, uh, (laughs) this guy's booing the quarterback for his own team. Man, brutal. (laughs) But uh, no, I'm taking Drew Stanton, and here's the reason why. A, they're playing San Francisco. 
B, I, I feel like San Francisco's game plan is going to be to stop the run and make Stanton beat them. And C, I mean, this came at the perfect time. I, it's never good when your quarterback gets hurt. But if he's going to get hurt, how about he gets hurt before the bye week? I mean, now you have a couple weeks to get to get you know this quarterback on the same page with those receivers. You have a couple weeks to install a game plan, something that uh, you know try to build yeah, a game plan around what Stanton is good at. And uh, and really, I think he's going to see a lot of man coverage. And as long as these receivers can beat that, I think that he's going to have a pretty big game passing the ball. San Francisco is not very good um, defensively at anything right now. Um, so I, I I like Drew Stanton. And hey, guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to play this week. He's probably going to start. And uh, I, I expect San Francisco's offense to be a little bit better, too. So Arizona might have to throw the ball here. I'm taking Drew Stanton. I did hear already that. Garoppolo is not expected to start week nine. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that <laughs> was throwing that, that would change things a little bit. But yeah, I, I uh, we'll, we'll yeah we'll we'll still kind of see on that. But even even if not, I think Stan can still hit two fifty pretty easily. I don't think you have to throw too much to hit two fifty. Um, so I think Stan can hit that either way. But uh, but that would be interesting if they trade for Garoppolo and then sit him for a week, uh, maybe just to get him used to the playbook, I guess. But uh, but I would think that you can install something around him that's better than what they've had. So, um, I, I, yeah, I guess that would be an interesting decision. And I'll take Brett Hundley. Now is the time to start Brett Hundley. He's had he had the bye week to prepare for this game. Detroit does not have a very good uh, secondary against the pass. Um, they're Darius Slay and not much else. So, like we mentioned with Devontae Adams. Uh, James's uh, your nuts bold prediction of the week. One of these two receivers on the outside is going to have an opportunity. Whoever's not on, not being guarded by Darius Slay, is going to have an opportunity. Um, Randall Cobb working out of the slot, uh, possibly even the the tight ends. Aaron Jones catching some passes out of the backfield. Ty Montgomery catching passes out of the backfield. I think that Brett Hundley can dink and dunk his way to 250 yards i love it that's that's three times the yards he threw last week correct uh yeah. two two weeks ago last two, week, you're right you're right two weeks <laughs> last week was the bye and in that time they were able to spend some time with him and uh maybe even cater this playbook a little bit to him so um, I I'm cannot gonna... even believe that you picked Brett Hundley. <laughs> yeah, man, I love it. It really, really just After infuriates the... me, and I hope you <laughs> crash and burn on this one. <laughs> After the way I trashed him in week seven. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to pick Russell Wilson next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very possibly. All right, that's going to do it for us for this week. For Travis at TravisNFL on Twitter. For James at DFF underscore Psychic on Twitter. I'm John at DFF Dynasty Dude. You can also follow us on the uh, Superflex, the Superflexible Podcast Twitter account at SuperflexPod. And follow our trades account at SuperflexTrades and send us, send us all your trades, regardless of Superflex or not, so that we can get them out to the masses, we can analyze them here on the podcast, and finally, follow the entire Dynasty Football Factory at DFF underscore Dynasty and the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore Network. 
And check out those DF Network podcasts of Fantasy Football Fellas, the Dynasty War Zone, the IDP Edge Crushers, the Devi Watch Podcast, and Capology 101. Special thanks to the band Heart and Soul Radio for our intro and outro music, the Addiction Song. And that's all we got for you for this week. So until next week, best of luck in week nine. Bye.